0: Is it true certain religious guys go to strip clubs? Yeah, it happens. I got two incidents, though, that might be kind of funny for people. One of them took place, at scores, in Manhattan, actually. When I first started working at the club, I, I had very little money. And I was more or less borrowing suits or sports coats, you know, mixing and matching stuff so that I would look, you know, presentable when I was at work. So I was always by the coat check. Right on top of the stairs. It was like the lifeguard's chair for the whole club. You could see everything from there. And every now and then, you know, stuff would be left behind in the coat check and it would sit there and sit there and sit there for, for weeks, even even into months. So one day I'm back there and I asked the chick who was running the, the coat check, you know, how long has this been here? She said, that's been there for almost a year. You want to take it? I said, all right. It was a sports coat. So I took it home, had it dry clean, the whole thing, and I start wearing it to work. So I'm wearing it for about a month, two months. And, you know, people get to know you a little bit and they talk to you. This one particular guy, without getting into ethnicities, we'll just call him Yahtzee. All right. That's not his real name, but we'll call him Yahtzee. Yahtzee's dad was like this huge rabbi in New York. okay, very famous, well-known. And this is his son, who's a degenerate and a strip club junkie you know, and went to all the other sex clubs and stuff like that. Not that Scores is a sex club, but, you know, that was his thing. So he he would talk to me sometimes. And one day he was talking to me and he put his hand on my lapel like and touched the suit, you know, made me a little uncomfortable. So a little more time goes by and he walks up to me and says, um, Sonny. I said, yeah. He said, um, I think that's my sports coat. I said, nah, you're out of your mind. It's not your sports coat. He said, yeah, I, I, I think it is. You know, I'm sorry. I think it's my sports coat. I don't know what he was telling me he was sorry for. So I sort of played it off. I said, well, it was a gift. So I said, oh, he said, because I, I had left it here and I lo- left it in the coat check. I don't know, maybe a year ago. So I said, really? He said, yeah. So I said, do me a favor. Bring me the fucking pants tomorrow so I have the whole suit. And that was the end of me and, and Yahtzee you know, being friendly. By the way, he never brought me the pants. Never. Of course, I never gave him the sports coat back either. In Manhattan, I didn't notice as many different types of religious people as I did in the outer boroughs. When I went to work in Queens, especially, you had people from all the different communities, you know, because Queens is very, very mixed in terms of, you know, Arabic, Indian, Pakistani, this, that, the other, whatever. And yeah, you get a lot of different looking and sorry to say, I mean, no offense, different smelling kind of people coming in, you know, at this one club, there used to be this guy that would come in. He was an older man. I probably without exaggerating, probably in his late 70s. And it was obvious that he was of the Jewish faith. You know, he had on the, the scarf and uh, he, he didn't wear the pimp hat, but he had the yarmulke on and uh, the long coat, you know kind of beat-up shoes, white shirt, you know, the, the black, everything black, you know. And seemed very harmless as it, as you look at him, you know. Obviously, an older man, you're not, he's, you're not threatened by him, and he's certainly not menacing to anybody or making anybody uncomfortable. But he used to come in the club, buy one bottle of water, one bottle of water, and start walking around. And you didn't really notice him. He would never take off the long coat. He always had a long coat on. And under it was obviously, like I said, the the, the scarf and the black, uh, what do you call it, suit jacket type of thing, whatever. So he'd been coming in there for a long time and I'd see him all the time. And the girls would always avoid him, you know. And I, I didn't know why they would really avoid him. I figured if he's got money, you know, they'll see him. So maybe he didn't have any money. But what he was doing was he would come in. And he would take his junk out of his pants and he would walk around the club the whole night. Okay. The whole night with his junk out trying to give girls $1 to touch it. That was his thing. And I didn't have the heart to throw him out or anything. And the girls really, they would just kind of giggle. And, you know, every now and then, a girl would grab the dollar and grab his junk, you know, but, this was a guy who was a very, very religious looking guy. And that was his thing. That was what he would do. I had another incident with a guy who was obviously Arabic, you know, and he was getting picked on by some guys. And I don't know who started it or what, and it didn't matter. You know, so it was, we kind of cooled the whole situation. But as we're cooling the situation, he makes a mistake. He says, Don't forget what happened on 9-11. As I sit here with my mouth open, that's exactly what we all did when he said that. The next thing I knew, I took a step back and he just got pummeled. He got his ass beat right there. I couldn't participate in the beating. I sort of tried, quote unquote, to separate people, but that comment was was really, really out of line because nobody was saying anything negative about him, about his ethnicity or anything else. It was just a bullshit argument, you know, stupid shit. But those kind of things transpire in a nightclub, at a strip club, because you're mixing alcohol, obviously recreational drugs, pretty women, sports. It's a very, very volatile combination, you know. And sometimes people say stupid things that they wouldn't normally say if they weren't intoxicated and they wouldn't act or behave that way if they weren't intoxicated. So you got to keep that in mind in those type of situations.